You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What? It's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup exploring over 60 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold on tight. You never know where the crew of the TARDIS is going next. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Our Station Who. I am your host for tonight. My name is Mike Faber. Thank you guys for joining us. And we are looking at the state of the Whoverse. That's right, folks. Should be a ton of fun to talk all about Doctor Who. And you know what? This is going to be cool. Doctor Who is back, which it's great to say. And we're doing this live. And we definitely want everybody to get involved everyone to jump in with both feet and you know what it's gonna be great to talk to everyone and we've got a great crew to join of course let's say howdy to mr mike gordon howdy how are you sir peachy keen welcome to the new year and new who that's right and it's our brand new youtube channel new yes new this YouTube. is our first broadcast on our youtube channel Wow, yeah. people could see our faces. We could see our faces finally. All this gleam and joy and everything. So, <laughs> you know, we got to kick up our game, you know, and everything. We're going to go all high dev for, you know, Earth Station Who. Do you really want to see us in, in high dev, though? I don't know about that part. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little too close. Yes. And we got a great crew to talk to you guys tonight. Let's welcome Kieran Moffat. Hello! Sorry, I just hear you up there. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure working with you guys. Always a pleasure to have you. You're you're almost like our default go-to now, <laughs> and you know, which which is a, a real positive and everything. And it's going to be great to talk all about Doctor Who. Tonight. I'm the token non-American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you want to put it, and kind of kind of British type almost. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, I live you in know. Australia. I mean, I, I am English. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, I know. It, it, it does. It does give us a, an air of legitimacy. <laughs> so we appreciate that. Thank you. No, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be really legitimate now because Ashley Pauls is here, too. Hello. It's actually been a while since we've talked Doctor Who with you. So. It's always fun. I love talking about movies over on the main or station one podcast, but um, Doctor Who is another one of my uh, favorite fandoms. So always a pleasure to uh, chat Who stuff um, with fellow fans. I think you would totally just geek out if they combined Dune, Star Wars, and Doctor Who together. I, I would just probably just feel... lay down and have to be resuscitated. So, <laughs> I mean, Zack Snyder will try thing. it. He won't do it well, but he'll try it. You know what? No, that, exactly. Yes, yes, you're probably right about that. More is more. Mm -hmm, exactly, and especially in Zach's case. So definitely, it's always great to be here to chat and everything. And you know what? This is awesome because, you know, we're going to be talking all about the state of the Whoverse tonight. And, you know, we've talked about the specials. We've talked about the Christmas special, the introduction of Chudy as the 15th Doctor. And it's just awesome to be able to look back at this now because we're going to talk about the specials and everything because 
they were just so powerful and so strong and everything that, you know, it's going to be just a lot of different stuff we're going to talk about. But we're also going to look at the future, what we're going to be this. You know, we don't do a lot of predictions on this channel and stuff, but sometimes it's fun just to speculate and see where Doctor Who is going to be going in 2024. What are we going to expect? What are we going to see? And, you know, you know, we purposely kept Kieran off of the specials because I wanted him on this one purposely, you know. Because I wanted him to look back at all the different stuff. Oh boy, do I and see what <laughs> and consider me shocked, man. Consider me totally shocked on this one. So I think it's gonna be a ton of fun. And you know what? Let's um dive in. We have audience members. Um sad to say Mary Ogle can't be joining us tonight. She got uh I would say con crud, but it's I think it's, it's just as con crud. Pre-concord. Because he hasn't gone to the convention yet. Nope, Aww. exactly. We're not going until February, so. There is something nasty going on around, uh, like going around uh, at least the States. I know, Ashley, you missed a couple of podcasts a few weeks ago yeah. because of it and all that. And then, uh, and so, yes, uh, I think it's, you know, it's going around. So be careful out there. So, exactly. And, oh, Mary just wrote, just crud. Just so, crud. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's in, she's going to be monitoring the chat so it's awesome it's awesome that we're able to have a few people in there with us. <laughs> she's follow she's like following us from a oh i don't want to say above but you know <laughs> but you know that's that just you know that's just you know she's 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 stuck in the time vortex let's just say that yeah that's it. <laughs> i think that's better well yeah she's in florida so she's definitely not above Mm-hmm, exactly. So someone already said, we'll behave. No need for a monitor. <laughs> <laughs> Will you? <laughs> Will you? <laughs> Will you? Really? I know. So it's awesome. But you know what? It's so interesting these days to see what Doctor Who is becoming and changing and evolving. And that's the one thing we've always said about Doctor Who is it's about change. Every doctor is different. Every showrunner is different. And it's not the same show that came back even in 2005. It's evolved from that point. And so it's just, it's interesting to see. And I'm so tired of all the haters and the crap like that. Yeah, look, <laughs> if, if you have a problem with how Doctor Who has changed, the problem is not that Doctor Who has changed, it's that you haven't. Um Exactly. And you're, you're right about it not being the same as 2005. Russell T. Davis is not the same person as he was when he show ran it before. I mean, since then, he, huge things have happened to him. I mean, he was uh, his partner had a terminal illness and he had to care for him. Um, and he's gone on to make huge shows like uh, Cucumber, It's a Sin, Years and Years, which have some very, very strong humanitarian themes in them. And I think he's at the point where he's like, you know, I really don't care what people think. I'm putting this in Doctor Who. I'm giving this sense of the world to Doctor Who. And I think it means mm -hmm. it. When it. When it was announced that he was going to return as the showrunner, I mean, you know, there was a sense of, you could tell, there was a sense of relief and a sense of uh, contention uh, with, the, with most of the fandom. Uh, mostly relief. Because of what 
his success rate was on the show previously. But um, I think at this stage in his life, yes, it's very fair to say that he did, he did not take this job because he knows more than anybody how big of a job this is. Yeah. But he wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to invest in it unless he could bring something new to it um, and, and, and do it the way he wanted to do it on his terms. And I think, you know, we've seen with the contract that uh, that kind of got out about with him with Bad Wolf that he does have a lot of control, a lot more control than he did before. And I I think that um, and and another thing, too, is he wouldn't do this if he didn't love Doctor Who. He loves this franchise. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's coming from a, a really solid place too. So no matter what you feel about, you know, him, uh, regardless, I, I don't think you can deny that it's coming from a place of love and, and, and respect. Um, now, you know, what happens after that? I mean, <laughs> it remains to be seen, but, uh, but I think it's, 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 it's not just a guy who's coming in, who doesn't know the franchise, who's not familiar, who wants to you know, radically, you know, change everything just to change things. No, I agree with that completely. I think, you know, he, he cares about the product too, and he wants to put out a good product. He wants to take it to the next level. I think, that's also, and, you know, he wants to, he has a platform and he will use it. That's, yeah. that's oh, yeah. what Dr. It is a platform and he will use it. Oh, and, you know, the people out there who are saying, oh, you know, this is it. This is the end. Doctor Who's become too woke. Doctor Who's always been woke, folks. And, you know, and that's what we said earlier. That's what it's all about is, you know, just having Who back is is great. It's wonderful to have, you know, maybe more consistent of a show and everything. And... You have to, there's so many haters now out there and so much misinformation out, you know, it's, it's crazy that they're doing that. I saw a funny meme online that said like, this is the typical cycle of Doctor Who, the new doctor shows up. Everyone's like, oh, I hate this doctor. This is the worst ever. And then like, oh, this person's okay. And then by the end, this is one of the best doctors ever. I I don't want them to go. So I feel like we always go through this cycle of, hating on the new doctor. And then once we meet them, we get to enjoy them. So um, just like fans, everyone just give it some time, give yourself a chance. And the beauty of the show is if a particular doctor in the run doesn't resonate you, it may be somebody else's favorite doctor. So just let them enjoy that. And then maybe the next regeneration will be your favorite. So it's, it's Mm -hmm. a show that's never stagnant. It's always changing. And um if a certain episode or doctor doesn't speak to you, that's okay. The next one might. Exactly. That's a perfect way to say it. Actually, uh, A news cycle depends on uh, definitive takes and negative takes. So every article has yes. to be, this is a fact. And also quite often, like this is negative. A few weeks ago, um, and this got <laughs> like one place did an article on it. It was doctorwhotv.co.uk did an article about, um, Shuti Gatwa and Millie Gibson uh, might be stepping down. And this article was drawn from um, uh, cherry-picked quotes from other sources from 2023. And then Mm -hmm. 
I everyone saw the on same social article. media like launched on that because you have like you can't put out an article saying oh these like it doesn't no one reads the article says oh they said this and it might mean this no it has to be like they are leaving could they be leaving yes. in a big like bold question marks and people on like youtube <laughs> let's face it youtubers love to do like real quick like harsh cut reacts um to these things yes and that's how these things sure, sure. spiral now and we'll we'll touch more on that later because i have a couple theories and a couple thoughts on that but i don't want to you know jump too far ahead let's you know touch about where doctor who's been since the beginning of november pretty much you know we got basically a whole new you know era of doctor who with the return of david tennant and we had the star beast and you know you had donna back you had donna's mom and you got the introduction of rose which was really awesome i loved all the characters in that and you know kieran since we haven't talked to you what were your initial thoughts with the specials so if we're starting to start with the star beast um yeah. They managed to humanize Sylvia Noble, which I didn't think was possible. Um that was that was shocking I've, completely. I've said before like the 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 greatest evil in the universe of Doctor Who is Sylvia Noble. She's a horrible horrible person. Um <laughs> and in this episode I was like, oh, she's behaving like a normal human being and she's really quite nice and kind. Um it was it, it was great to see the Star Beast adapted. Um, I loved it. Miriam Margulies mm-hmm. put on a great performance. Um, just the the sh- the practical effects that went into it. Like, I can see why they started it with that. Because it is big, it is bold, and it shows exactly... And it's also classic Doctor Who, basically. It is, you know, it is a classic Doctor mm-hmm. Who idea. You know, aliens come and there's big explosions and things like that. Beautiful. We've lost Mike. We just did lose Mike Gordon. That's okay. Keep going. <laughs> we'll be back. back. For him. Leave him. Um, leave, leave him. <laughs> we got to move forward. Um, it was great. It was um, Russell uh, tied up the loose ends and just let it go. Um, I think this is the start of, and it's something we will touch on again, is um, Russell T. Davis, as in his words, his move to fantasy over sci-fi. Now, what that means is essentially no explanations. It's like, it's don't question it, just accept that this thing just happened. So, like, all, mm-hmm. like Donna losing all of the Metacrisis and everything like that was done very, very quickly. Um, and it was him basically going, look, we don't need that anymore. That's That bit's done. Don't question it. Don't, you know, overdo it. Like, yeah, it's the same as if you skip forward to... Um, uh, church on Ruby Road. There's a flying ship. Don't question it. It exists. Science probably works for it, but just we're not focusing on that right now. We're focusing on the characterization. So- well, exactly, and it's interesting. Somebody in our face in the Facebook group in the chat actually put it was a great new jump start mm-hmm. for new new viewers Absolutely. to come to Doctor Who. And I know people who gave up on Doctor Who came back for this also. And that was pretty amazing to, you know, people who didn't like Capaldi or they didn't like Jodie's doctor 
came back to, you know, came back to Doctor Who. And it was just interesting to see, you know, how many people gained interest in Doctor Who and everything. So, and, but I think it was definitely a good start for the new era. Yeah. The looking at the 60th anniversary specials as a whole for a second, it's, it mm -hmm. was very, very calculated. So we have the Star Beast, which is an adaptation of a, the most popular comic story ever. Like, it is the most popular Doctor Who comic story. Everyone remembers it. How many times has it been reprinted? It's been tons Exactly. Tons. Like, David Tennant read it when he was a kid. Um, uh, there's a great video in uh, Doctor Who Unleashed where he meets uh, Dave Gibbons and, like, gets his copy signed. It's absolutely adorable. Um, uh, so, you know, that's that's how you draw people in. It feels like a classic story. Um, and then you've got Wild Blue Yonder, which is the creepy one in the middle, because Doctor Who always has the creepy one in the middle. Um, and then the giggle is the huge set piece with the regeneration that everyone waits for. But also, typical of Russell T. Davis, it he gave Doctor Who the ending that it has always needed and can never have. So now it's got its ending, it can do whatever it wants. Um, so the, the, the whole 60th anniversary was brilliant. Um, but yeah, the... The Star Beast was a perfect jumping off point. Oh, very much so. And it was interesting, too, because it was fun to be able to see this comic I read as a kid come to life. Yep. And very, very well done. And it's funny because I think I might have even mentioned this when we did our review, but Judy had never even read the comic, so she didn't know the turn was coming with Beep. And it was just awesome. Yep. And, you know, the, the look on her face when uh, Beep turned evil, it was just like, oh, what? He's so cute. He's E.T., you know, yep. and everything. It predates E.T., so. which I love. Um, oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, but I, it just, yeah, the set pieces were great. I loved the reveal with Rose. Uh, I loved all the adorable stuffed animals in the shed. Like, someone in the production team made those. Uh, oh, very much so. That must have been so much fun to do. To, that was it. Must have been a great, great project. Yep. Interesting. We got a comment. Uh, it said basically, Kieran just made me realize that it feels like Doctor Who is being made by people who love it again. And to be honest, the last series just didn't feel that way. You know, it just felt like it was work for them. It wasn't passion. It wasn't a passionate project. I think. Um, and it's a very valid point. Like Doctor Who is being made by people who absolutely adore it. Um, I. I feel like I have to come up for bat uh, up to bat for Chris Chibnall. Um, I know it's very easy to slam him. I think he does love Doctor Who. I think he very much does very fondly remember Doctor Who. Um, I think his problem is one thing that I would uh, caution all writers about, which is don't hang on to an idea for too long because it rots. Mm. He had that idea for Doctor Who since he was a kid. Um, and if if you hold on to an idea for too long, it just, it rots, it festers, and it just doesn't, What you can't work it. Because you try and put something out, and there's too much assumed knowledge. Like, you think it's straightforward, because you've made all the connections in your head already. You've been doing mm. it for 30 years. And then everyone else is like, well, that was a mess. I don't understand how that works. And you go, no, of course it works. How don't you see this? No, because it's all in your head. Um, mm -hmm. Well... I think a lot of people who come to projects that are already existing have pre, you know, what they want to do with the show, oh, what they want to do with. And I know like with Moffat, 
he had the character of Amy Pond created for years and years before he even started working on the TV show Doctor. Well, yeah, Moffat wanted to you expand law. I mean, the whole um, the word Doctor coming from the Doctor is a great little bit of law there. Um, when Big Finish mm-hmm. was founded, they had a big meeting with all the writers they knew would might want to do it. And Stephen Moffat and Russell T. Davis were there. Russell said he didn't want to work in audio. And Stephen said he'd only do it if he was allowed to create new stories with new mythology for the Eighth Doctor. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, walked away because he couldn't do that. So, yeah, that people want to expand the mythology. And as I've said on my own show, like, who, who among us would not, if they got a job working on Doctor Who, want to put in their own little head cannon? Like, who wouldn't want to do that? If I was on Doctor Who, day one, the Metacrisis Doctor is the Valyard. That's it. That's (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Don't disagree with that, but yes, I think that's pretty awesome. Back onto the 60th anniversary. (laughs) Back to the 60th anniversary. But I loved, you know, I loved how all three episodes really explored the Doctor and Donna's relationship Mm -hmm. and what they mean to it. But you also, you know, they started giving the hints that the doctor was being looked was even through from like halfway through the first of the specials. He started looking very ragged. He started looking very tired and worn out. And they obviously that played out in the third episode very wisely, too, and everything. And so, because we kept on asking, you know, why did the he? Why did the doctor come back as an old face? And that's another thing Russell has had in his head for a long time. Because I know that when Stephen Moffat wanted to cast Peter Capaldi, he asked um, Russell T Davis whether, like, because he knew that he had a sort of idea. Because of course, Peter Capaldi had played uh, Caecilius in Fires of Pompeii and John Frobisher right. in uh, Torchwood Children of Earth, and he asked like if that worked. So Russell T. Davis has had in his head for a long while the idea of the subconscious changing your face for a, a reason. And, you know, his mm-hmm. his his relationship to Donna, which I would say is, despite Tumblr, don't come for me, but um, despite, uh, you know, what everyone says about Rose and Martha and, like, all these people who love the Doctor, Donna is the only one that never wanted anything from him. She never wanted a romantic relationship. She was just accepting of who he was and she was his best friend. And that's why he came back. Mm-hmm. That's why he came back from her. So. No, it's interesting too, because a lot of people hated how Donna's story ended that, you know, they felt like it really ripped the character off. It was, you know, almost like, you know, a tragic end to a a character that grew and was a brilliant character. And, you know, I wonder if RTD had already at that point been planning some, you know, way of thinking like, Hey, this is how I'm going to redeem the character somewhere down the line or talk to Steven or talk to whoever the showrunner is about finishing that story or something. Uh, It's possible. That's Oh, sorry. After you, please. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's a nice bit of closure, I agree. Oh, yeah. it very much is. And I think it, it's one of those things, like, um, when someone has the opportunity to go back to their work, of course they want to do things 
different like because you get no second drafts and like things like this you you if you want to do things differently there's later down the line um uh if i can compare it to another fandom that's big at the moment is the percy jackson and the olympians on disney plus um there are a lot of minor changes to what went on in the book and people because people like to complain when things aren't exactly the same exactly the way they want them people Kieran, people just like to people complain. Like, That's yeah. just the period. Yeah. yeah, period. <laughs> but, no, if what's or buts. But um, yeah, uh, but Rick Reardon has said, like, it's like yeah, it, he wrote these books twenty years ago. Of course, there's things that he would change now because he's grown as a person. Um, and I, I think that's what Doctor Who is. Russell is bringing all, as I said at the start, he's bringing all the energy to Doctor Who, and he's he's doing the things differently that he wishes he'd done before. Because it's not sure. like what he was doing before was wrong. It was just that was who Russell was then. And this is who Russell is now. No, totally. And it's interesting. Someone wrote on Facebook, Donna was a true companion, a counterpart to the doctor and not a puppy tagging along. And we often got that, that be thinking with, a, <laughs> well, you had that, well, I hate to say it, both Rose and Martha were that way. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I think Martha gets a really and, bum deal. Uh, the, the <laughs> I do because she just she gets nothing. Rose at least gets a clone of the Doctor in another parallel universe. Martha gets nothing but trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm. Poor Martha. <laughs> Poor Martha. I'm hoping Martha is going to get redeemed also. That would and be there's awesome. Rumor, there's rumor that she's going to either be appearing in this season one or in the torch in the not I almost said Torchwood. Um, unit spinoff yeah. that we are hopefully going to get. I think I, I need to say this. All right. We are never getting more Torchwood. I, I'm sorry. We are never no, getting uh, more Torchwood. No, no, we are not going to get entirely Torchwood. entirely on Big Finish now. Eve Miles might go yeah. into Unit, but we're never getting more Torchwood on TV. Um, there is a shot in the new, like the next season trailer at the end of Ruby Road. Um that looks like Martha and Rose are standing behind the doctor. Um, but best guess is that's from a, um, like a, it's from the creepy episode in the middle of the season where um, right. the doctor and uh, Ruby are like in some tunnels being hunted by some psychic monster or something. But everyone was like, Oh, look, it's Martha. Oh, look, it's Rose. I was like, it's not going to be them. It's never going to be them. <laughs> No, exactly. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that. But yeah, I definitely would love to see Martha get a better story also, especially with who Russell left her with at the end of Tenet's last episode. Uh, and, and she's and she's the only one who doesn't get her own doctor. Yeah, exactly. Wait, I was just saying that. You get a doctor. You get, you get a, a doctor. But not you. Not you. Not you, Martha. And she's not even mentioned. I, I kind of, I saw this theory kind of going around, and you guys might have already talked about this, so forgive me while I was uh, having internet issues, but um, that instead of Mel, it was supposed to be Martha. Really? Um, and um, in some ways, that does make some sense. Um, but, uh, you know, whether or not maybe it was, you know, I don't know if that's true and and what the logistics would, would be behind that. But in any case, I did feel like she was ill served during the anniversary specials. Um, but, and she has been ill served ever since they, you know, RTD stuck her with, uh, with Mickey at the end. Mm -hmm. You deserve better girl. (laughs) 
And I said, and I thought that before I knew all the stuff about (laughs) the actor, you know, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, I don't know, you know, maybe she'll get her, you know, her own thing at some point. But I think, no, but I agree with what you. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say I think Russell probably did intend for Mel to be there because I think Mel is the companion from when he was like really big into Doctor Who. Because he actually sent in a script. He tried to write for Doctor Who in the 80s for The Sixth Doctor and Mel. Um, He sent in a script that was never picked up and was later produced by Big Finish. So I think he is, I mean, who doesn't love Bonnie Langford? She's just, like, that was such a joyous, wonderful thing. You're not a fan of Bonnie Langford. (laughs) Me. Well, I mean, and and to that point, I mean, he does sort of, uh, he does sort of give her much more personality, much more um, attention than she ever had before on her run on the show. So, oh God, she was she was no, I did not like her in Trial of the Time Lord, and I did not think she had any chemistry at all when she was with the Seventh Doctor at all and everything. I it, I loved you know I loved it when Ace came on board. I was cheering because we got rid of Mel. Big finish, and, big finish. I'm just I, every time. Oh big no, I and I agree with I agree with that. Big finish has revitalized Perry, has revitalized the Sixth Doctor, and has revitalized Mel completely. And I think they've done great jobs at that. And that's the Mel and we're going to see. That's why we're not, now. Exactly, but I think the Mel we got in the Giggle was so much better than what we ever saw in the old series yes. ever. And that, and you know, I cared that she was in it, that she was, I loved that she was part of unit. And so it was, it was awesome. I enjoyed that part. So it was pretty cool. I thought she was so, too kind to Sabalom glitz, but that's my only, uh, that's my only criticism of that. <laughs> right. Now and such. So, and it was, it was neat to see, and I loved how we got Unit in two of the stories. So I thought, you know, I was very happy to see the return of Catherine, of you know, Catherine Stewart. I was happy to see Unit. I liked the new characters. I have no idea what that robot thing was. The blink. I'm hoping we're gonna get some good. You know, and it's just like. That was, it almost felt like that was put in there for the kids. I, in some no, ways. I think that was put in there as um, the fact that he had no explanations about anything going on at Unit was all, it, it, it was just showing what Unit is because it's going to be in a spin off, clearly. Like, um, mm-hmm. and we'll, we, like, I'm sure we will talk about the spin off that was kind of unofficially, unfortunately announced the other day. Um, but yeah. Um, it's it was there to be like oh the you know the new uh the, this is this is what unit is now we're going to explain what it is later mm-hmm. um because all the characters had names like if you look in if you right. uh, if you watch the giggle or indeed if you watch um the star beast all of the unit characters have names they would not have names if they're mm-hmm. just there for like one episode or um it, it, they they have names very specific names also unit is very specifically multicultural um, they make a big point of showing that over those two specials. Oh, very much so. And handicap accessible, which is wonderful. 
and everything. I love the character of Shirley. I thought she was awesome. Yeah, she's brilliant. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with her. I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. And, you know, but I would like to see some Osgood come back, too, if they do the spinoff. So. I'm not sure. No, I'm, no, I'm just not sure. I mean, because one of them survived, didn't they? Um, and, you know, still not entirely sure whether, like, how many of them are Zygons at this point. Um, Osgood would be great. Mm-hmm. I feel like Osgood is going to be one of those characters that now gets name checked forever as being on like the unit moon base or like, <laughs> like oh yeah Osgood's doing this like how they're constantly just like oh the brigadier's in Geneva or the brigadier's in Peru um that's, mm-hmm, that's gonna be the new mm-hmm. thing Osgood is in Brazil like yeah mm-hmm. very much so and that that's kind of the interesting thing so I'm going to be very curious to see what they do with unit this season and, you know, there is rumor going around that there is, you know, the new spinoff is the Sea Devils. And, you know, so much so <laughs> that they pe- reports already saying that they're going to be starting production in March on this. Yeah, it comes from um, uh, in the UK, they the production uh, needs to list that it's going into production. They need to put out a formal notice saying they're going into production. Um, and yeah, it's been announced as what the the war between the land and the sea, I which I don't know. Sounds like a very because Russell T Davis teased that there was a a spinoff with an eight word title, um, mm-hmm. and that is eight words, but it sounds like bait. Um, and it's not brevity is the soul of wit like you know make it a little bit a little bit shorter um but yeah sea devils i'm keen if if it is like that obviously unit's going to be involved because why would unit not be involved in that um right. and I, but that could be the right there that could be the unit spinoff yeah. that they were you know. absolutely and we're already getting more unit next season so unit's here to stay um where yeah. the sea devils are concerned um I liked the concept behind the the yeah. special they did a couple of years ago. Um, the one thing I hated was the production team. Someone thought it was a good idea that instead of making the mouths move, what they do is digitally stretch the frames. And so it looked like some sort of Hunter S. Thompson, like drug scene <laughs> while their faces like stretched and contorted. Um, I hate it. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I really hated it. Um, like the story was fine, the costumes were fine, but that that one thing just totally, like, but talk about willing suspension of disbelief. I lost it completely. Um, so yeah, the, again, I don't want to go into criticizing Chibnall, but <laughs> all right, we have thirty four minutes and fifty seven seconds. Wow, I figured that's show. what you guys were doing all the time. I was gone. I, I, <laughs> we were actually trying to be nice. This well, time, I defended Mikey, him so. earlier. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, you did. My goodness, so that was that's the first. A, that's bash. a rarity. But now that we're doing that, let's get yeah. into. It's interesting because I think we talked about this during the Christmas special. They brought in the timeless child, and they have not ignored it. Starting with you know Wild Blue Yonder, forward, they've talked about it almost every episode, and you know, and they've explained it better in these than ever Chipnell ever did. I think it's just Russell T. Davis is 
sort of trimming it to fit his own world. Mm. Like he's just sort of gone. He's not going to ignore anything. Um, and also, as as we've talked about before, Russell T. Davis has made it perfectly clear that he is not listening to any of you. He's not listening to anyone. He's doing the things he wants to do, and you can't tell him otherwise. Um, but yeah, and like just the little line about I made a um, it was I, I made a jigsaw puzzle of your past. Did you like it? Past. Um, mm-hmm. Gorgeous line, and also in church on Ruby Road, mm-hmm. the oh, I'm adopted. I just found out recently. Um, yeah, that's how you that's how you handle that law. Um, these things will. It, it'll fade um, whether he uh, you know takes it and runs with it or whether it just sort of fades into the background doctor who has the ability to just let the uncomfortable things slide like mm-hmm. we don't talk about the doctor being half human we leave that alone we leave that well well alone we don't talk about the morbius doctors we just ignore it no exactly and it's you know now where does you know the rose yeah the rose doctor go come in you know and, Valiant. you know, where does she fit? I'm telling you, he's yeah. Valiant. Valiant. <laughs> <laughs> One day they will let me in well, the production. Well, we can't, <laughs> we can't do a future of the Hooniverse special without mentioning the Valiant or the Ronnie. So, you know, like mm-hmm. those are two words that have to be mentioned every time you speculate. Did you, did any of you guys hear about the, um, it was about last week. I think it might've been an issue of Doctor Who magazine. He's <laughs> um, It might've been in Doctor Who magazine, but uh, Russell T. Davis said that his original script for when uh, the bi-generation happened, Mel had a line about, oh, this has happened before, but I didn't see it. I was unconscious. The Rani did this. And, like, he made a very conscious effort of, like, putting the Rani in that script, taking it out, but then telling everyone that he put her in that mm, Yes, little Easter egg there. <laughs> yeah, um, at, like, the, the giggle um, when the tooth that has, the gold tooth that has the master in it is picked up by someone apparently standing on midair. Um, Mm-hmm. Which is a callback. Well, can can everybody float? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Which geez. is a callback to when the master's ring fell out of the fire and a hand picked it up. And I remember in Doctor Who magazine when that happened, Russell T. Davis said, Ah oh, yes, that's the hand of the Rani. Because he's a shit stirrer. That is what yeah. yes, he is. <laughs> Stir that pot. <laughs> exactly. Well, he he enjoys he enjoys people because if people aren't talking about Doctor Who then people aren't watching Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, he, he, he is, he's, I mean, yeah. he has done an amazing job. He and Bad Wolf and everybody have done an amazing job keeping uh, Doctor Who in the news for most of the time, but leading up to the specials and now continuing on with that. Uh, well, there's not a week that goes by where you don't see casting news or something that the BBC has to respond to somebody slips or, you know, slips uh, and let something out or whatever. I mean, it's just, uh, or he has to respond to something. So like, I think he's done an incredible job keeping it relevant and keeping people talking about it. Oh, very much so. Because, you know, I was looking through some of my memories over the last couple of days. One of the things that came up, we already, by this time last year, we had already seen Shooty in his new mm. costume yeah. as the doctor. Yep. So Russell has been building the excitement. You saw, you know, who is, who is the new doctor? What, you know, what is he about? You know, blah, blah, blah. And 
it's just interesting to see, you know, how excited everyone was, you know, with us, most Whovians, the anticipation for the countdown to the 60th anniversary. And, you know, everyone had all these different expectations. It's going to be a multi-doctor story, which technically it was, was, (laughs) you know. And well, it was just ruined interesting too, with that. didn't it? Um, if you look at the oh, second one, the expectations of what it was going to be made it fall flat for some people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, very much so. You know, oh, there's all this hush-hush about the second episode. Nobody's talking about it. And, you know, there's going to be multi-doctors. Matt Smith was seen on set <laughs> or, you know, yep. or River Song might be appearing and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It so might be an adaptation like, of Schiazzo from Big Finish. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of rumors, and, though, uh, I remember, I was thinking about this the other day. I read a rumor about 18 months ago that said, uh, I, I was just like, that'll never happen. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It was just like, new doctor, Shutigato, has seen in his underwear hitting TARDIS with a giant mallet. I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. That's not true. <laughs> and yet? It happened. <laughs> and we got it. <laughs> oh, we got it. That was still to this day. It's like, because I, I, I rewatched all the specials and I watched the Christmas special over again to get prepared for this. And it was still to see him pull the mallet out of that hole in the in the TARDIS, the little trap door in the entryway, and just like taking a swing at the TARDIS and then apologizing. Sorry. <laughs> Again, it's the it's Russell T. Davis's fantasy thing of don't ask questions. It works somehow. Just just don't ask questions, um, and you'll be fine. You'll be happy. That's mm-hmm. okay. No, it's true, and, and it's. Go ahead, Ashley. I was just going to say, I also think that it's big that it's on, available on Disney Plus, at least here in the U.S., um, because I'm hopeful that maybe some new fans will find it as they're just scrolling through and looking for stuff to watch. Not to name names of other franchises, but as some other franchises are kind of having some stumbles or some grumbling amongst the fans, people might be looking for something new to watch. And um, the I would love more people to uh, and viewers of all ages to discover Doctor Who through there and get on board. What was really good about that is it's on Disney Plus everywhere in the world except for in the UK and Ireland because mm. it's you know basically it's on BBC there. Yeah. So everywhere else, this is the first time it's all on one channel. you know, and everything. Well, so. Yes, I mean I see what you're saying that it's that it's available everywhere at the same pretty much the same venue. However, I do think like so when we first heard about the deal that that Doctor Who was going to Disney Plus, I mean everybody was you know and la- there were some people thinking that oh my god now Disney owns it it's yeah. they're going to make changes they're going to do this they're going to do that et cetera et cetera. Um, but for the most part, everybody was like you, Mike, they were like thinking hey this is going to be great everybody's going to have access to it it's going to open up a whole new audience. Well, after the year that last year that Disney had, it might not be such a great thing that Doctor Who is on 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 Disney Plus. I mean, that's going to be and and the way that they've treated it too. I mean, I think a lot of us thought that they were going to get some other content other than just the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think a lot of us are were were wishing, you know, outside of the UK that we're wishing that we had access to 
uh, BBCI player, because that seems like if you're a Whovian, that seems like yeah. it's the thing to have mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you've got access to everything. Yeah. Uh, pretty all, much. In, all in one place, which is all in awesome. one yeah. place, which and that's I think one of a the lot things we're looking for these days. Oh, yeah. And it's hugely popular there. It is hugely popular. I posted something up on our Facebook group, which everyone should get involved with. So check out Earth Station Who up on our Facebook group page. Um, definitely check out our group. It's a great, great place to be. But in that group, we posted an article about even BBC is surprised how popular the one player has been for Whovians. And, you know, and a lot of people who answered on that and responded to that, they were going. You know, basically, you know, anywhere else in the world, you have to go like 14 different places to watch. If you want to watch Doctor Who all the way from an unearthly child up to the newest series. And Mm -hmm. it's that sucks. And I know it's, you know, how people buy rights to the show and stuff like that. I'm hoping eventually everywhere, everywhere will be on Disney. I'm looking forward to the day. When, you know, going to Disney Plus and seeing a Doctor Who segment section like they have Marvel, you know, Star Wars, you know. They do have that. National Geographic. four things in it right now. Um, yeah. But the, yeah, the, thing about, <laughs> the thing about iPlayer is, um, uh, so in the UK, obviously, like, laws regarding streaming are very, very new. Um, and the, the BBC is one of the oldest um, working television networks in the world and it's also state owned um and so due to competition laws they can't actually put most of their back catalog up on iplayer it's only recently that they've been allowed Mm. to do that which is why they can do what they're doing with doctor who um one of the big problems here in australia i i I, I have to mention australia here is that um doctor who since its inception has aired here on the abc uh, the australian broadcasting corporation which is a state-owned television network i think the closest thing you guys have in the u.s is pbs but like pbc is government funded it is free to air for all australians and it is ad free um and doctor who has aired on that this whole time this is the first time ever that a new series of doctor who has come out that it is not aired on the abc and so Mm. if anything uh coming out on disney plus in australia has lowered accessibility in australia oh, for doctor who that's a shame yeah that's horrible yeah yeah so just because not so many people are streaming there or? well um our internet is unfortunately terrible um because rupert murdoch mm-hmm. crippled our internet system to make sure that we still bought mm-hmm. foxtel um but yeah so the internet is uh not great but people are streaming um but the thing is the pickup rate for older Australians is difficult so you know older Australians who like Doctor Who they're not able to watch it because they don't have streaming Mm -hmm. they don't know how to stream um they don't have the infrastructure you know we're talking people who still have landline phones that don't have broadband internet Mm -hmm. um like we only just I don't even have complete fiber to my house it's uh still partially copper so Mm. it's probably it's probably true for most countries, even in the United States. I would reckon that there are less subscribers to Disney Plus than have access to BBC America, Sci-Fi Channel, the places that it's aired before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, starting with its you know origins on PBS. So, 
I, I feel like, you know, even though it is kind of cool in a global sense that a lot of people can access it in a similar way, I, I do feel like the audience is probably less mm, than it ongoing. was for um for past iterations of Doctor. I think it's checked and well, actually I think we'll uh, I think it'll go up and down on either side. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. I agree with what Kieran's saying with that. Because actually like for me to see BBC America, because I don't have cable, you know, I have to then subscribe to AMC Plus and to to get it. And I don't watch anything else on AMC Plus. And so once the new series has left it, I let that go by the wayside. It's true, but only... you're an exception to the rule. I mean, no, most people have no, cable. No, they don't. Not yes. as much as they used to, dude. There's more and more no, people we, are that's, cable. That's absolutely true. Not as much as used to. But still, in this country, more people have cable than any other service. The way they get their TV. That's just, that's just a fact. So, um, you know, there, it is lessening. But it, it right now it is it is the case. And also, your right. country is the only co- country that operates like that. Um, cable is not really a thing here in Australia. There is one cable company, and it's owned by Fox, and all the networks on it are owned by Fox. Um, and so, streaming has basically been a godsend to us. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> ready, <laughs> it's it's getting there for us. I don't know if I'd quite call it a godsend because they still are. You know, right now. I mean, it's a mess. It's mm-hmm. a mess right now. And that's that's not just in this country. That's worldwide, you know. So uh, so that's, you know, that's a thing that. Um, but I mean, you know, the people who want it are going to find it. Yeah. Oh, know? exactly. The um, Doctor Who fans are going to find it. So that's, that's the cool that thing that is of itself. And I know that they're making it available so that you can purchase it digitally. And I'm sure you'll be able to purchase you know, hard copies of it as well. They've done very, very well. The BBC has done pretty well at packaging and selling uh, hard, like still having actual media that people can buy of Doctor Who, which yeah. is, I think, a, a, a credit to them as well. Now, mm-hmm. well, again, and I think, you know, oh, sorry. people now in the chat room are yeah. now going in, you know. Of course. <laughs> of course, they're like going, in July 2022, streaming yeah, yeah, platform yeah, 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 for yeah. past cable for the first time. Nielsen's monthly report stated that OTT service cornered 34.8% of the screen time. Cable had 34.4 viewership. That's a, that's, that's a huge percentage difference there. Plus, you also yeah, need to be so. My God. As far as like hard copies go, um, so I'll tell you one interesting thing again about Australia. Um, Disney has decided to stop selling um, physical media in Australia. Um, and they're doing that as a test oh. case to see if they can stop selling digital media around the world and just get people to buy Disney Plus, which means they can then jack mm. the price up of Disney Plus because it's the only place to get anything. It's the new vault, basically. Uh, Pretty much. The other thing is, um, yeah, getting uh, physical media of Doctor Who is hard uh, here. So there's been huge problems with distributors and uh, publishers and stuff. So I collect the collection, like classic collection box sets. Um, I get them from the UK because very fortunately Australia and UK are in the same region when it comes to Blu-rays. 
um that's right. good. so that's very very thankful but uh yeah i think you guys are probably much better place to get physical media there um i don't know whether the specials uh, like the anniversary specials dvd or blu-ray out they're not, there yet they're not available yet uh, it's available no. it's available in my region um i haven't got one because i um it doesn't come with anything extra like i'd be happy if it came with doctor who unleashed and with like the extra things but no it's just it's just the stories so I'll it sucks that they don't come out with the with the unleashed with it at least yeah. you know they should you know, if you're going to get it on disc have something some reason for people to buy it that way yeah but I'll be the one of the people who does buy it because I'm a completist <laughs> and I have the whole, all the different series and stuff. And it's, uh, and it's one of the things that somebody mentioned in the chat as well. It's like, you know, here, and if those of us who have Disney plus, we are getting the stories and trailers, uh, but that's it. We are not getting mm -hmm. any of the extra additional making of behind the scenes, uh, no. tales of the TARDIS kind of stuff. We are, we are missing out on a lot of that stuff, which is un unfair as well. I think it'll come um, out. I, I think I think they're they're giving it a while for it to be UK exclusive, but then it will start to come out because, um, insofar as moving forward with Doctor Who, I think those tales of the TARDIS were very very deliberate in which stories they chose, and I think that they're going to become plot points, especially insofar as the Curse of Fenric. Um, so yeah, when we get onto what, what's going oh, to happen, I have theories. I have, I have uh -oh. little bits of string to bits of paper and a pinboard. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Why um, am I not surprised? There? But uh, yeah, um, but it, shall we? So should we do wild? Let's get now? back to. <laughs> let's talk to this about this right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, during our reviews of each of the episodes, including the, spe I mean, each of the specials, including the giggle, uh, I was probably the most vocal about being how, how disappointed I was with this decision to split the doctor in two and to have two doctors. I thought it was a overall, a interesting, but cowardly move, a safe move. And that I was really kind of disappointed that we had more than one doctor not to mention the fact that um outside of the story russell says that all the doctors are now viable as well so shooty's not only got one doctor to compete against but all every doctor's ever been in existence to compete against as far as telling new stories he's not the doctor as much as he's a doctor now um i'm still mulling over that and we'll see how that works out in the future. I mean, obviously it's a work in progress. Um, but as far as cowardly and safe, I will have to say that, you know, with the church on Ruby road, it's the first edit, uh, the first episode in Dr. Who franchise history that does not credit a white male performer as a regular cast member. And while I know a lot of people are like, you know, some people, you know, hate that stat because it's so woke or whatever. I think it shows how bold that that Russell T is going to be moving forward and he's not afraid of, of taking chances. This doctor feels like Shooty's doctor feels like the most different doctor that we've ever had in the franchise. And that is exciting to me. And uh, even though I'm, I'm, I'm very crit, I'm still very reluctant to, to, to have this happen. Um, I feel like going forward as far as with Shooty's run, I feel like, you know, 
that it's going to be really, really, really exciting. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that. And I'm, I, I trust in RTD to, to move that forward in a way that's, that's really compelling and exciting. I'm going to be very curious to see what they do with it. If, you know, I don't think we'll see David's doctor for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I think 14 is going to go off and do whatever. I don't, I don't, because that will take away from Shooty's doctor, mm -hmm. truthfully. I think we'll come and, back in you know, Avengers you're trying moment. to establish him. Yeah, we'll get the Avengers moment in like a series, two series, uh, and he'll be back. I don't, I don't think it's problematic. I think it's Russell T. Davis trying to give us an out. He's trying to say, look, everything's canon now. You know, you can, you can mm -hmm. do anything. I'm not going to actively bring everyone in, but I, I think, yeah, that it's, I. I think he also just wanted the move. He said in um, Unleashed um, that what he wanted to do was he'd always had, like, he always loved multi-doctor stories, but he always wanted a story where the doctor met the next doctor straight away. Mm -hmm. And so that's yeah. like, this mm -hmm. is the only way to do it. Um, and then yes. the, I, I do appreciate that as well. Yeah. And I think it's, it is just, it's an end to the story. Um, it, it is an end to it, it, like they gave David Tennant basically the the doctor's happy ending that you can't have that he always wanted. Yeah, exactly. Even when he went to go regenerate, he even went L and Z instead of I don't want to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it is a nice bit of closure for fans. I know that um, David Tennant. When people say "Who's your doctor?" David Tennant is mine, and just how many heartbreaking stories he had. So um, I don't necessarily want to see him all back a, a lot of the time, all the time because of this. But I think it was nice in order to be able to kind of like send him off into the sunset, give him closure and okay, now we can all be all in and focus on shooty and what he's going to bring to the role. Well, almost like how they were saying, you know, when shooty said, you know, you know, I went, you know, basically you're going to have to go through, re you know, back into rehab the hard way. And, yep. you know, that he's going to have to learn how to chill out and everything. And that Shooty's doctor already went through it. Yeah. yeah. It's timey-wimey. And it also is Russell T. Davis going, <laughs> we're going to get rid of all of the, like, we're, we're going to get rid of all the emo, all the moody. We're like, we're done with that. We want a happy doctor. He's dealt with all his problems. He is a better, well-adjusted doctor for the 21st century. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> except, except he does kind of, you know, he does he does have the sort of you know right away in the first episode he's kind of like oh i was adopted you know like mm -hmm. and he's very i mean he's 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 so open and he's mm. he's it's so amazing to have a doctor that's so open like that um none of the other previous incarnations of the doctor would have would have been comfortable doing that especially on day 1 mm. meeting no, a, exactly meeting and that's what made companion. it that's what made it interesting is this is a doctor who's in touch with his true feelings. He yes. knows who he is. He has, you know, all his, you know, he's not a, a he's not going to be afraid to hug a person or cry with a person, yeah. not right. just be, you know, standoffish, standing over, looking over the people while they're grieving or something. Gone are the days of the repressed Englishman. <laughs> but it, it, it's so exciting because, you know, almost every sequence throughout that first that first outing he's dancing he's crying he's yeah. he's he's emoting he's hugging he's 
he's he's you know he's singing he's singing thank you yes, yes. um uh, even the sequence <laughs> even the sequence um you know where he uh talks to the um the policeman you know about about his uh, about the proposal and everything which i guess uh russell said that that was a uh, that was actually a note from from disney that they he should they should add something about they wanted more more doctor in the beginning uh, than the first act of the uh, episode. But um, I don't think they asked for that specific scene, but they just said they wanted a little bit more doctor like in the first act. So, um, I, you know, I, I, he's so exciting that uh, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, this continue on. What is, what is he going to do next? What is he capable of? I mean, the, the sky's the limit on this guy. Yeah. The universe is the limit on this guy. There truly no, is true. like a special light and sparkle in his eye. You can see when he's on screen, like he's full of energy. He's full of life, both as a performer in real life and as the character. And I think he's, he's just ready to dive in and that's going to make him a joy to watch. I think if I had to pick one word to sum up the Christmas special, it would be joy. Just like seeing him be excited made me excited too. I um I'm a big fan of uh, sex education and um I just before Doctor Who had started like the 40th anniversary had started I'd finally got around to watching the last season um and like the second to last episode because like the whole time I knew Shuji Gatta was going to be the Doctor and I'm like I've only seen him in sex mm. ed he's been quite flippant the second to last episode of that I watched it and he's counselling someone um and it's so raw and emotional and i cried and i'm just like oh yeah no that's why he's the doctor it's it's amazing that is why he's the doctor um yeah i i i love this performance so much i really do he's fun but he has depth too very much so it's interesting someone wrote shooty's a very physical actor but also feels like there's a deep emotional core there and that makes him mesmerizing to watch he was mesmerizing, yeah. literally, from when he split with from Tenet. He literally was owning the screen. His chemistry, his physical persona was just amazing. He, yeah. he's got know, he, it. He lit the screen. Yeah, he's got it. Whatever it mm-hmm. is, you know, I mean, he's got it in spades. Yeah. Oh, very much so. And that's the wonderful thing. And I think that's going to attract people to the series because he's not like any other doctor we've seen before. There are, there are moments I'm looking doctors, forward to it. Like other doctors shine out. Um, like my, um, my co-host Amber was saying um, the, the bit where he's like trying to work out the ropes. And she's like, I'm learning the language of ropes. It's like that, that is so <laughs> like it, it, like 10th doctor, 11th doctor and like the crabbiness of like the sixth doctor. He, he has that that performance that he can be many characters at once, which uniquely the Doctor. Yeah, I mean, in a, the the fact that he's so different, uh, like I said, probably the most radically different personality we've ever had uh, in the franchise. I still sense the Doctor really? in him. Though. Yeah, I still not like I'm. I don't feel like I'm watching a completely different being or character or whatever. He still feels. And I would be really interested to to hear from him, um, and and uh, behind the scenes, like what what like how he approaches it that way because it's so different. Yet it it does for, feel familiar. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, even when he's like, you know, he, at the end of the of the Ruby Road, he leaves the door open. You know, and and you got to figure he's been posing on that column <laughs> for like. Ten minutes. Yeah, just, just waiting, waiting for her to come in. Wait, <laughs> and and she already knows who he is, but he's like, "I'm the doctor." Yeah. I'm just <laughs> he's like, been oh, working oh, on loving it. Like that. What a poser! Like he's just. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's a great way to you know, to 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 introduce this character. Um, d- look, doc. Uh... Doctor Who's gay, like, like the the these special <laughs> Doctor Who is gay, like the dancing in the club in a like in a singlet and kilt, amazing, and Neil Patrick Harris dancing to spice up your life. I know from watching the uh, Unleashed that Neil Patrick Harris is just like everyone in the UK knows what this song is. I've never heard it. I don't know what this. What is this song? Everyone knows it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, everyone knows it. And it was the most amazing. Like, it was the gayest Doctor Who has ever been, and I loved it. <laughs> that is awesome. No, and it it's awesome because he was so free. That scene in the dance club was just amazing, and he was, you know, he was so free. And Judy looked at me and said, "The Doctor dances." You know. So. Oh yeah, he's full of life and. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was just awesome. And I loved how they introduced Ruby. I really yes. liked how they introduced Ruby. That was what I was gonna say about that episode. The great thing about it is that it is low stakes. The universe isn't ending. People huge swathes of people aren't dying. It is a story how if you remove one person from a family, everyone else in that family is worse off. That's what that story oh, is. Oh, very much so. She makes her mother and her grandmother's life better by being there. Um, and that's beautiful. And that is what Christmas is. Like, that's why it's the Christmas special. Like, this is Dickensian. It's a wonderful life. Yeah, it is yeah. Dickensian in its telling of morality. It's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. And I liked the character. I thought she was... She wasn't whiny. She wasn't like, doctor, save me anything. She, you know, she was pretty independent, which I liked. I want my prediction. The chemistry between. I was going to say, you want my prediction for next season? Of course. In the Beatles episode um, that's coming up next season. I (laughs) I will bet money that Mick Jagger is at Abbey Road Studios and meets her and goes, Oh, Ruby Sunday. That's great, but it'd be better if it was a Tuesday. And that's that's yeah. it. Like, There's you, gonna be a song reference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you got to there has to be. Yeah. There has to be. She will be the, be the originator of the song Ruby Tuesday. Yep. Yep. You heard it oh. here first, folks. <laughs> oh no, this is not the first time I've heard that. So <laughs> As usual, I'm not in any way original. <laughs> Sorry, bud. But yeah, it's I like the character. I I'm curious to see, you know, how she's going to grow. And then there's the whole story with who's her mother and do we even need to know who her mother is and everything. And I've heard so many fripping guesses already. I know. From it. Yeah, it's Ronnie, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've heard heard everything that it was Dr. 13 dropping her off. Uh, She's her own mother. We know. Yeah. 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 (laughs) 
she gave birth to herself. A um, woman in the snow with the boots that are clearly the boots that she is wearing in that photo is her. Yeah, exactly. Or and there was a reason the doctor didn't chase after the mother and everything. So I think I think more important. I mean, we we'll, we don't know. We'll see how it plays out. And I'm not. Yeah, I'm not interested in guessing as as far as all that goes. I'll see how it plays out. But what I am interested to see is the dynamic in previous seasons especially with new who we've seen uh <laughs> don't 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 mess with cherry sunday Mm-mm. uh do not do not mess with cherry sunday um and her tea we find that out but um the dynamic has always has seemed to been with new who is that the doctor needs a companion so that he doesn't go like off overboard mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah uh with this new dynamic with this new doctor this doctor does not seem like he's one that's on the brink of you know becoming uh, a crazy godlike figure so so what does the relationship look like mm-hmm. between the companion and the this doctor i'm really curious to see how that plays out i think shooty has said in interviews that the 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 dynamic that they've sort of cultivated is that of like a couple of students at the back of the class, um, you, you know, they're <laughs> like their best friends and they're just sort of like hey, getting into trouble. Like, and that's the, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. We get that. We get that with David um, and, and Billy a bit, like when that first starts, you know, when they're, when they're giggling at the queen, you know, like, and, yes. and you know, she's trying out the, you know, she's trying out the accent and he's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. Do like, that. Like there are moments where the two of them seem to be giggling their way through mm-hmm. stories. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as that with this with this couple, but we'll see. It'll be very interesting how it evolves. We're still at the beginning stages, folks. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet what's to come other than what we've seen in the trailers and such. But I, I so. don't think anybody has to worry about, at least as far as these two goes, any sort of like, you know, Hanky romantic and tank no no you know, if they do you'll see me storming off the set of our station very quickly <laughs> so now i don't i don't see that but that's actually a good lead-in though because we've got a lot to look forward to in the upcoming season you know this is from the episode when they see the beat go to the beatles and so it's interesting so does the doc- new doctor, can he automatically just grow his hair or is it a wig? <laughs> you know, what I was, what I was saying to someone the other day is we're getting our first sartorial doctor. Like, uh, previous doctors have had either, you know, you look at say, uh, Davis who had one outfit. Um, yeah. Thanks for that. John Nathan Turner. Um, and then you've got other doctors who have, like the fourth doctor, who have a variation on a theme. You know, it's roughly the same thing, but there's slight changes, different coats, different shirts, not wearing exactly the same thing. This is the first doctor who is happy to dress to impress. Like in that, in Church mm-hmm. on Ruby Road, we get four <laughs> outfits, four completely separate outfits. Um, including hats. We rarely get hat doctors. Uh, this is also the very first doctor. Um, this is the very first doctor. He did grow yeah. his hand so he could grow true. his hair. Sure. <laughs> That's very true. Um, we, uh, this is the very first doctor, the very first regular doctor, because I'm not counting John Hurt, to have facial hair. Every other doctor's hand has been clean shaven. 
Well, there was a few episodes when I know like Matt Smith had a beard. And so well, yeah, when but, he's been ca- held captive for a, a year. As I said, regular doctor, regular continuing. <laughs> yeah. Although apparently the moustache is uh, fake because he couldn't grow one in time. So it is actually glued on. So the hair may be glued on. Really? There. Probably is. Interesting. When you interesting, think about interesting. it, the TARDIS would have to have like a huge closet. So there's probably clothes in there that have we just been it. collecting dust. So he's oh, like... Sure. I'm going to give these oh, air seen... time. <laughs> oh, we've seen it. It's like, it's a huge, Yeah, the one in, in um, Christmas like... Invasion when he goes and gets dressed. Yeah. Um, oh, just, yep. It's very unfair of you to put a picture of Jonathan Groff up. Um... <laughs> 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 um, Jinx Monsoon. Okay, I want to talk about... Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> we're getting we're getting into this. Okay, so um, at the end of the giggle, you mean the Rani? toy make no, it's not the <laughs> Rani. Forget the Rani. Nothing to do with the Rani. It's nothing to do with Time Lords. Okay, right. So at the end of the giggle, the toy maker says, "My legions are coming," and uh, the meep says, "Oh, the boss won't like this." Um, so Russell T Davis again in a letter to uh, Doctor Who magazine mentioned uh, them belong mentioned the toy maker belonging to a pantheon, so a group of gods. Um, now he has mentioned a pantheon before in the wedding of Sarah Jane Smith, the pantheon of discord, which is held up by the trickster, which was a big character in the Sarah Jane adventures that changed time to, you know, and also sent that weird looking bug to sit on Donna's back and make her go left. Um, um, but he said it, that there is a group of them. Um, so the toy makers, obviously like part of it, this is my big connecting dots. Toy makers, part of it. Um, and the tricks is part of it. Jinx going, Monsoon so now we're going back to the board. Okay. Yeah. Got Jinx it. Monsoon's character is clearly going to be part of it because it like, how could a character that looks like that in a musical episode wearing a musical outfit like that, um, playing a villain, how could it not be part of this big mm. thing? Um, so, yeah, and I think they're going to do more callbacks to previous characters as well. I think something like um, Fenric from The Curse of Fenric is going to be part of this. I think they're setting up something big. Um, this is where it goes into really, you know, really me reaching territory here. Um, because in the Toymaker's um, setup in the Giggle, there are six-pointed stars everywhere. Constantly six-pointed stars absolutely everywhere. The same pattern. Um, and the church on Ruby Road, the face of the clock, has exactly the same six-pointed star on it. Mm. Um, so that's my that's that's my really digging in deep on that one. Um, it's nice to have like it, it's it's really nice to let your mind just go down the insane pathways with Doctor Who again. It's uh... right. <laughs> well, there's there were stories that the. Toymaker was from the same race that the Black Guardian and the White Guardian also were from. I think they'd hinted, I, I think they'd sort of assumed that, or some people had sort of put it together. He mentions them in the giggle. He says, I fought the guardians of your universe and turned them into voodoo dolls. Um, right. Uh, also, um, the Celestial Toymaker, I, I think it's interesting to talk about the fact that um, the sort of the racial connotations. Um, so in the 1960s, um, they wrote the story, The Celestial Toymaker. And uh, celestial used to be a, a racist term for uh, a Mandarin uh, Chinese person. 
And right. so the pro- the co- uh, the costume designer read the word celestial and went, oh, okay. And that's why he's in this, like, he's a white guy in this really racist, like, Chinese outfit. Mm. Um, Fu Manchu type thing. Yeah, and then when Russell yes. T. Davis brought him back, he, you know, he made him look more like a toy maker. But because he's a villain and he really wants to hammer home proper villainy, um, he made the toy maker racist. Um, you know, he's putting on really <laughs> bad accents and um, the, the guy who buys the doll um, because he's obviously um, uh, South Asian heritage, uh, he said, uh, oh, you're probably used to warmer climbs in like a really sort of racist thing. It's a wonderful performance from uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Um, but that is my that's my whole fan theory that i'm sure other people have said more eloquently than me uh, thank you for listening to my ted talk and if it comes true i will be <laughs> screeching <laughs> i think i think along with that though too and we've already seen the signs of it too and i think russell has alluded to it is i think if not every episode in the season i think the the threats that we're going to see are going to be a lot more fantastic fantasy based mm-hmm. magic based mystic i as you know uh, I, I, you know, I don't think we'll see. I mean, it would be nice to have a different, you know, maybe the occasional more hard science fiction type mm-hmm. thing happen uh, as well, just to show a little bit more range. But it feels like, you know, they've opened the doors now to fantasy and we're going to see a lot more mm-hmm. fantasy type villains and, and monsters now. Well, the, the author Terry Pratchett about 15, well, it was longer than 15 years ago, before he died, um, he wrote a a, a preface to a Doctor Who book. And he said, Doctor Who isn't science fiction. It's it's action in space. Um, It hasn't been science fiction for a long time. And I think we will get writers who want to write the hard science fiction that explains things. But I think the, yeah, the fantasy is going to be there of the, you know, what's Clark's law, isn't it? Um, Any any technology sufficiently advanced and removed from our own right. is indistinguishable yes. from magic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The the doctor's still going to have a line, you know, every episode saying it's not magic; it's just you know yep. different sort of technology or whatever. Exactly. So we'll get that. We'll get that added to it. But I think, you know, with with fourteen, you know, throwing down the salt. They pretty much said, "Okay, this is the doorway that's going to allow yep. a lot more you're, magic." You opened and the fantasy. gate for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so now we will see that. I, I don't know if that's something that they felt in the past was was kind of holding them back a little bit, um, but I, I think they're going to explore the heck out of that. This, I think so. If you have to explain sure. and justify the science of everything you do, you don't have time to actually do the action. Um, right. So yeah. Yeah, and you've got people who want explanations. <laughs> There's an internet full of them. Um, well, another thing, these are the people who, and I think that's why Russell T. Davis has said this, like, we're moving to fantasy. As I said, it's just him saying he doesn't want to explain, he doesn't want to spend so long explaining things because people want to put mm. things in nice neat, neat, nice, neat little boxes. We're watching Doctor Who, guys. It's the, the, the canon doesn't apply. It just... No, <laughs> things just happen, no. um, and they yeah. contradict each other constantly. Um, and it, well, the best answer for it is is always because Doctor yeah. Who. Mm-hmm. That, that's always that, the best answer. Wimey, wimey, like that's exactly, <laughs> exactly, and that's that's what it's about, and it's about having fun, mm-hmm. and it's interesting too because we have 
you know, a whole season that we're going to get probably in May. And we're going to get some amazing stories from it. And then we're going to get another Christmas special. And then we're already going to get another season the following May. Yep. So nice. that's awesome. What worries me, though, is, and, you know, I don't know anything, so take this all with what you say. Most doctors only last three seasons. Mm. So there's a good shot, you know. Shooty's going to probably be filming his regeneration probably by the end of this year. <laughs> no! On the schedule. <laughs> and we're just still at the beginning of his. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's so. one of those precedences set down. It depends on what, like, it, I suppose in the old days they used to worry about being typecast. But I don't think, it, it's one of those things. I don't think any doctor has not had a career after Doctor Who. They've yeah. gone on to keep doing, I mean, even Tom Baker, the most well-known doctor in history, has had a huge career after Doctor Who. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, especially, I suppose the problem is someone like Shooty, who is um, young and who is incredibly talented. Uh, you know, I, I know he, like a lot of other actors, wants to do, um, uh, you know, like wants to do theatre again. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, Millie Gibson is only just like 18, 19, and her star is rising. So she may want to do other roles yeah. as well. But mm-hmm. I think because the whole three seasons thing came from the fact that Patrick Troughton told Peter Davison never stay for more than three seasons. Um, but other doctors have done different <laughs> things, <laughs> you know. Some yeah, some have stayed for two, some have stayed for one. Um, I don't think we'll ever know the full story behind Christopher Eccleston, but I think just let them. No. Do it as long as they enjoy doing it, and then they they leave. Don't don't speculate. I don't even think Chris Eccleston knows what's going on with Chris Eccleston. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> but that's the truth. So it's going to be interesting. We're living it, about to come into a real golden age of Doctor Who, because we're getting you know whole new seasons regularly. We're going to get a spinoff or two. We don't know everything yet, but. I think because Russell has come out and said he doesn't want to go a year between Doctor Who anymore. No, he, he wants. Won't let, it, I don't think he'll let that happen. No, he wants it to be. You know, he wants to set a precedent. And I think as long as we don't get something like class, I think we'll be fine. So you know, I think we'll be in good shape with that. Um, <laughs> another thing to remember really? is. Uh, Really? <laughs> Another thing to remember is the seasons will be shorter. Significantly so. Yes. They're only going to be eight episode seasons. Um, and I, I would be fairly sure that what we saw in the trailer is only from the first four episodes. Wow. So, yeah. And it, it does come out in uh, May because uh, Doctor Who Unleashed said, uh, yeah, May release. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's going to be it's going to be fun what we're going to get, and you know, I want to go around here and what predictions do you have for this new season? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I want to okay. see how much you know. I'm going to let Ashley go first. So. Oh gosh, well, um, I actually don't like to do predictions. I kind of just like to sit back and see what happens. My primary interest is seeing the friendship develop between the doctor and Ruby. And I would really like to see them, their friendship and how they grow and develop as people. And 
I know when you think about the companions go through a lot of trauma and not all of them have left the TARDIS on like the most lighthearted or uplifting note, but I would like whenever Ruby's time is done, it would be great if she could leave the TARDIS. Like, you know what? I am better. My life is better than when I stepped in the door. So I would like her to be like happy and smiling, like a tearful, happy goodbye between her and the doctor waving would be something I would like to see whenever she decides her time is done. No, exactly. You know, don't marry her off to the alien that they just met in this episode or something. Yeah, it's like no, no, no tragedy, just like a nice, happy, feel good ending. Like it doesn't have to be like that every time, but I think it would be, it would be nice to have. Yes. Don't, don't have her turn into a puddle girl or. No. Yeah. Like uh, I don't yeah, want to be or, depressed. Like, please, <laughs> the world is or crazy Or fly off out into there. the diner at the end of space. Right. Yeah. Like. The world is kind of a downer right now, so I, I would like to have a happy... Well, that's all right, then. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a happy goodbye and something along those exactly. lines. So, yeah, I think that's that's a good way to do it. Kieran. Um, okay. Uh, 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 things that I haven't already talked about. Um, uh -oh. The one who waits that uh, the toy maker mentions uh, the one thing, the one creature mm -hmm. I dared not fight the one who waits. I saw them and ran. That's a, that's a, like a thing like, Oh, you put that there deliberately for us to see. Um, mm -hmm. Very, very deliberately. I uh, don't know. Does it have anything to do with Mrs. Flood? Uh, the old woman. Haven't you ever seen a TARDIS before? Um, don't know. One thing I do know that is quite interesting. Okay, so we didn't talk about the thing that I hated most about the uh, about the 60th anniversary, which was Mavity. Hated it. Mavity. Oh. Hated it. You, um, okay, you're bringing some Mavity to yep. this issue now. It, okay. it, it did get old. But I think... Oh, they're just getting started. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's part of a larger thing because the actress who plays the housekeeper to uh, Isaac Newton also played the hippie old lady at the gig in the church on Ruby Road. It is very, very, very rare for an actor to play two roles in episodes so close to each other, characters that have names. Um, and also, that character looks like she's in next... That, that uh, actress looks like she's in next season as well. So this is a character that is becoming a through line throughout this story. And you... You are correct with that because I've looked at the IMDb. So, yeah, I checked that one. Um, yeah, so he is becoming <laughs> a bigger, uh, bigger character, and so I think Mavity is going to be uh, another thing. Um, see, when it first happened, uh, my co-host Amber um, said, "Oh, it's going to be like uh, a Mandela effect sort of thing that's going to happen." And I was like, no, it's just a stupid one-off, one line that never, there's not going to go anywhere. And then it happened again in the Christmas special and I got really annoyed and really angry. Um, which I was just like, it's so stupid. But I reckon this is, got, like, this character is changing time somehow in little ways. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to become a bigger thing. I know that the character of Mrs. Flood, Russell T. Davis has said, is a slow burn. So she might not even be, she might be the big bad of next season, even. Like, not the one that's coming, the one mm -hmm. after. But there's this through line that's starting to happen with the Pantheon and with this character appearing in different points in time. So something's going to happen gotcha. there. So basically, she's not the bad wolf. 
She's the torchwood coming. Yeah, okay. yeah, the, exa- exactly. She she is the um she is the poster of vote Saxon on the wall. Like that's exactly that's what she's doing. Yeah, and he's bringing that back. He's bringing all of that back. Re- uh, like remember when um again I don't want to talk too much about Chris Chibnall, but remember his first season where we had a villain in the first episode and the last episode and literally nothing about them in between. That was a bit. <laughs> he was also a red. Good old villain. Tim Shaw. He's a red dwarf Ugh. villain. He's not a Doctor Who villain. <laughs> no, he's not. No, that's that's saying bad names to Red Dwarf there, Mister. Come on. <laughs> if he was in Red Dwarf and you were allowed to laugh at like the guy with teeth on his face, yeah, it would be like a reasonable Red Dwarf like comedy villain. But yeah, hmm. yeah, exactly. All right, Mister Mike, what about you? Well, as we've already mentioned, I mean, like every single one of the four specials russell t gave us something that is going to be like some some sort of impending doom you know whether it's the boss or whether it's you know mavity or the legions or the one who waits or and sometimes he gave us multiple ones i mean we've got like a handful of them whether or not that they are Mm -hmm. all tied together or referencing different mysteries we don't know and i'm not I'm not going to predict whether or not, you know, I mean, who that's, that's, I don't think there's enough evidence for any of that right now. So uh, I'll be, I'll be happy to see it, but I will say uh, sort of along the lines of what Ashley said, um, you know, as far as the state of the Hooniverse goes, I don't think it's ever been brighter. Uh, mm-hmm. I am more excited now than I've ever been about Dr. Who in this franchise and and that's saying something because I really was excited about a lot of the prospects that we got with New Who. Um, a lot of the actors who played uh, the Doctor, uh, I was very excited about. Um, and we, you know, we got a lot of great payoffs, I think, in, in, in the franchise. Mm-hmm. But for the first time, for the first time in a long time, uh, I... I don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know that, you know, there's probably certain things we can rely on. Russell T does like to repeat himself a lot. Like he's got certain patterns. Um, so there will be things that'll be like, oh, that's so Russell T. But, but the, you know, the, the colors, the palette that he's playing with is a lot different. And um, I do expect not every single episode, but I do think we're going to see some things. We're going to continue to see some things we've never seen before mm-hmm. in this franchise. And that is exciting to me in a way that, like I said, I have not experienced in a long, long time, probably since I watched, you know, the first season with Christopher Eccleston. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the state is great. I mean, ask me a year from now, we'll see, but <laughs> you know how it plays out, but um, my expectations are pretty, pretty high. Um, but I think he set that bar and I'm, I know he can meet it. That's awesome. I definitely think so. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to go and enjoy the ride. I don't like making predictions cause I know I'm always wrong. I know I'm constantly wrong and I don't want to guess. I don't want to listen to certain people who whisper in my ear and go, Hey, I've heard from an expert that this is what's going to happen. And it's like, no, 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 not going to do it. I want to be surprised. I want to enjoy the ride. 
And I think we're going to see Shooty becoming more popular than probably the last three doctors, I would probably easily say. And I could see if they do the marketing right, I think if they do the advertising, I think if they get him out there, if they get tie-ins, if, you know, I don't know if I really want the sonic remote control that he's been carrying around. Oh, I'll buy it. Instead of... I, I, oh, I will. I'll buy it. Oh. He's like, sold. Sold. <laughs> Because I'm sure that I'm sure that's going to be coming. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Totally. I'm hoping. I'm hoping we're going to get Funko Pops. I'm hoping we're going to get mm. three quarter inch figures. I'm hoping we're going to get. You know, we're already getting comic books with him in it, and it's already Titans already put it out. So we already have a fifteenth Doctor comic with Ruby. So it's pretty awesome that you know that's out there already. So you know, I want to see more and more exposure. You know. One of the coolest things when I was out in Los Angeles back for um, Comic-Con years ago, I think it was Matt's first or second season, they had on in Los Angeles on the side of buildings, Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and it had Amy Pond and the 11th Doctor on it. And it was just awesome to see. You know, I want to see stuff like that. We saw them on buses. We saw them, you know, I want people to get excited about it. Heck, they were on the back of DC Comics, even, you know. And so the marketing they were putting out for that was awesome. I want to see them do that again with Judy's Doctor, with Doctor 15. One thing, I don't see why they couldn't. Absolutely. One thing I want to say about Russell T. Davis is I've been watching a lot of his stuff recently because I, I love what he I watched uh, Nolly recently and I've watched Years and Years and It's a Sin. And I've just recently, just this week, watched Torchwood Children of Earth again. Um, and the one thing I um, have to say about Russell T. Davis is that he is very observant and he knows, he no- understands cause and effect. He understands if one thing happened, he knows what's going to happen, like what the effect of a cause is. Um, and I think it, he uses that on us in a certain way. Uh, I, I think he understands what the effect of the things that he says is going to be. He's very calculated in what he says, and he knows what the effect is going to be. Um, and I, I think everything he says has a, a reason behind it, um, and that reason is keeping us at a level of hype. I, I think we are his willing slaves mm-hmm. at this point. Um, he, he will just he will say something, and he knows exactly what we're going to think about it. He knows exactly how the internet is going to react. He knew the Mavity memes were coming a mile off. He he wrote that, and he's like, that is going to be, there is going to be images of that, there's going to be memes of that, Tumblr is going to go insane, Instagram, everywhere. <laughs> like, it, he knew. Um, and I think there is a lot more that he knows, and he is going to keep putting out piecemeal little bits of information. And you know what? I think he's probably already told us who the villain is in the next season, and it doesn't matter. It We're just going to hang on his every word, and that's I, I love it. I really do. I love the, mm-hmm. uh, like Mike said, just that it's, it is a bright shining new age of Doctor Who where we're being spoiled for Doctor Who. We're, we're constantly, mm-hmm. you know, being fed with Doctor Who, which is great. Well, it's a great way to put it. That is a great, great way to put it. And I think that's actually a great way to wrap it up tonight. So I think that's perfect. 
We survived our first YouTube channel video, folks. We did it. Thank you for everyone who joined us tonight. We'll be doing these live episodes more often, since especially since we have the YouTube channel now. But all the episodes going forward will be in video format. So, you know, when Mary's back and we'll have like one or two other guests and everything. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think this is a big adventure ahead of us, not just with Doctor Who, but also with Earth Station Who. So I think that's pretty awesome, folks. So I want to thank everyone who joined us in the audience. Thank you for the comments. We do appreciate you guys very, very much. Uh, Kieran, thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for quietly sitting back and listening to me <laughs> go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Who knew I was going to be able to just kick up my legs tonight and just, you know, chill. So it was perfect. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've got a podcast. Uh, it is called uh, Please Attend Carefully, uh, all about the lives and times of the renegade time lord known universally as the master. Uh, we've got the second half of season one. Or, or as, as we call him, Little little Golden little Tooth. Golden to- oh, we had so much to say. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, please attend carefully. Uh, my Instagram's at mark 3 Vocal Machine as it's on the screen there. Uh, yeah, new episode coming out next week. Uh, hopefully, my computer is on the verge of dying, so I'm hoping I can get this episode completely edited out before it, my computer actually dies. Um, but yeah, come Uh-oh. join us. Awesome, awesome. And Ashley, thank you as always, my dear. Oh, thank you. It's always a blast chatting with you guys. Anything you want to shout out about or promote? Um, Yeah, I uh, recently had a great time over on the Earth Station One podcast doing the end of the year wrap up. It was a lot of fun to talk about positive things, our favorite things from the year. And uh, Doctor Who came up quite a bit in the discussion. So it was fun to dive in a little bit deeper here about some of that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And Mr. Mike, thank you as always, my friend. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to promote or shout out about, sir? Well, um, I mean, as we mentioned on uh, at the end of the Air Station One, the last Air Station One podcast that we did, we're going to go on a bit of a hiatus, a bit of a sabbatical while we uh, retool some things and work on some personal projects. But uh, uh, there will be no... Um, uh, end to uh, there would be no interruption with Earth Station Who. Uh, we will be doing that nope. still coming to you every couple of weeks, so you will still be able to find us here. You'll also be able to find me uh, every, once a month. Uh, pretty soon, we'll be recording the first episode of the Dragon Con Report, so that'll still continue. And uh, I've got some other uh, projects that are popping up as well, podcast wise. So uh, Keep watching this same bat channel, this same uh, bat space. Uh, so you might uh, see us there as well. See me there as well. Um, and of see course, him. when we return with Earth Station One, we will be back and better than ever. Yeah, sure. It'll be perfect when it comes back. So we will definitely see. I didn't see say perfect. Oh. I, said, I just said better. You know, that's a, okay. that's a, that's a lower that, bar. That's a real low bar there, sir. <laughs> Um, my, I just wanted to say thank you as always for everybody. Um, definitely. I think we're going to dedicate the rest of this whole season of Dr. Who and earth station who is going out to Dr. Scott VA. Um, for those who don't know, we lost Dr. Scott right after Christmas and him and I have actually had long discussions about, you know, 
Doctor Who and a lot of this, and even all the specials. Um, I didn't hear what he thought of the Christmas special, obviously, but I knew what he thought of the 60th anniversaries and such. And Scott was a true Whovian to the heart. Mm -hmm. And we actually met him at a Doctor Who con originally. So, you know what? The season is, you know, don't forget Dr. Geek. And you know what? Just keep him in his mind, in your mind and in your heart. And we will always remember him. And, you know, also our wishes go out to his wife, Debbie. And mm -hmm. you know what? We miss him already with more than you can even say. And our thoughts are with him. All right. And Mary, get better, please. That's the other word of advice. We miss you. So on that, we will be able to see you guys soon. So check us out on Facebook. Now you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're there. Please find us. Please also leave feedback, like, and subscribe. Tell all your friends about us. This is the begging part, as we'd like to say, of the show. So please, 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 we really appreciate it. You could also write us anytime at feedback at ourstationwho.com. So definitely find us. Hope everyone has a great week or so. We'll be back in two weeks. And we've got lots of reviews still to do before the new season's with us. So check back on us. We will talk to you soon. Peace, everyone. And you know what? Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We love you guys. Cheers. Bye. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from throughout space and time. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individuals and are to be used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our show wherever fine podcasts are found or check out our website, earthstationwho.com. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the show, please write to us at feedback at earthstationwho.com. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the next journey of Earth Station Who. What's new on the 42 cast? Let's ask my co-hosts. We're talking about Doctor Who. Comic book shows and movies. And we're talking about all things Star Trek. <laughs> and so much more. Check us out on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. It's only on the 42 cast. Your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. So Nathan, when are we finally talking Babylon 5? This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.